everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Jaffari along with Evan Thorpe and filling in for Steven Ruiz, Michelle Martinelli. What's up? I'm so happy to be here. Steven went on vacation for once. That's true. He's not in the office this week, finally, so we're free to hang out without him. All right, we got a bunch of stuff to get into. We're going to talk about Zion. We are going to talk about that botched call during the San Jose St. Louis Blues game. And I think Evan's got some 76ers stuff that he wants to get off his chest. Plus, worst fans in the world. Why don't we let Michelle, since she's the guest, kick it off? Ooh, can I pick the topic that we start with? I'm going to pick it for you. (laughs) We're going to talk about the Sharks St. Louis call. And we don't hit NHL very often on this podcast. Um, But because you're white, let's talk about hockey. (laughs) That should be the segment. Since you're white, let's talk about hockey. Uh, As our resident (laughs) hockey reporter. Right. I know. That's funny because I'm the hockey person on staff. But no, this postseason has felt excessively beset with bad NHL officiating. And during game three Mm -hmm. of the Sharks St. Louis series, you know, the Sharks were able to win on a hand pass that wasn't called. As far as bad officiating goes, it's not the worst call in the world, but it came at such a crucial deciding factor that it was the reason that they won the game. You and I have talked about this a little bit, but I am of the opinion that bad officiating is bad officiating, uh, but I think you feel differently. I feel that if this was a one-off incident, if this was... Um, you know, the the first or maybe the second or even the, you know, if this was just a bad call that wasn't part of something bigger, I get it. It happens. Referees can't have eyes everywhere. They can't see everything. That's fine. And mistakes are made. But I have a couple thoughts on this. One, it is part of a larger pattern. The officiating in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year has been atrocious. They have missed calls. They have been over aggressive with calls. None of it has been consistent. They have had, I've always maintained that referees do not win or lose games for you. Always, regardless of sport. However, their bad calls in a variety of different games have determined the outcomes of those games and sometimes the outcome of a series. And so if this was just a one-time thing, or maybe the second bad call they've made, Fine, whatever. But this is part of a larger trend, and that's sort of annoying. Right. So what you're saying is that there there's a pattern of bad officiating in the NHL right now. Right. This is the top hockey league in the entire world. Get your officiating together. Okay. You're taking this very seriously, interacting very aggressively right now. I don't. I'm, I feel very feel strongly very... about this. Are you nervous? Because I'm nervous. <laughs> I, I think I think you've got. Emotions about other things <laughs> that you're taking out on the NHL officials. Um, I just, I don't really care. Like, we've talked about this before on the podcast, which is that people expect the world to be a fair place and for things to go by rules. And it never happens. Like, bad calls happen in every series. They happen in every sport. And they always change the outcome of said game. So I'm always like super flummoxed when people are like, oh my God, this is the deciding factor. It isn't. Had St. Louis scored one more goal, this would not have been an issue. Had, you know, that goalie been able to stop five shots in five minutes, like even one of those, the other team would have won. It's never one thing. And I get that to a degree you can be like, yeah, the officiating sucks, but... uh, 
it 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 is a part of being a sports fan. Well, and that's part of the reason why I damn always, Michelle I, just cut off Evan. <laughs> I thought Evan wasn't. I raised my hand when like, I'm, I'm sorry, about to speak. I can't see your hand. But no, like I so like <laughs> my team recently lost. A white person that, gets on. <laughs> white privilege is crazy. <laughs> the whole dynamic of the podcast has changed. <laughs> On behalf of white people everywhere, I apologize. (laughs) Oh, I love having Michelle on. We got to do this more often. (laughs) So my my favorite basketball team just recently lost in game seven. And two big plays (laughs) happened, which I felt like could have dictated the game for right or wrong. One, they called like this weird travel call, which it wasn't a travel. It took away two points from Joel Embiid. And then at the end, Kawhi Leonard traveled. But like – one of those things, like, they're never going to call a travel on somebody on a game when it's shot. Like, you could mm-hmm. possibly run over somebody on a bad screen, and it's yeah. rare they're call it yeah. in those situations. So, like, sometimes, like, especially when it's the playoffs, it's some things you know, like, either they're just not going to call or they're just going to be like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, and to me, the hand pass is, like, such a non-event that it matters not a whit, right? This is – the refs put whistles away all the time for NHL playoffs, so I don't understand why this is a big deal. Had nobody scored, they wouldn't have cared, right? Had right. that shot not gone in, nobody would be like, oh, there was a hand pass that was missed, you guys. <laughs> but – yeah, it went in. So now St. Louis is looking for a reason to be mad, and now they have one. And Michelle is looking for <laughs> some place to vent her feelings. No, honestly, I couldn't care less about St. Louis winning or San Jose winning or who got robbed. Like, I don't care about the outcome of that specific game. Mm-hmm. But it's what bothers me is just these playoffs in more than one game and more than one series, there has been inconsistent officiating and poor officiating. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about the Stanley Cup, I would like to think that the NHL is competent enough to have referees doing... Like, they apologized once for one of their bad calls. When was the last time you had a league... The NBA apologizes all the time. That is like they have a whole thing that I is guess. that here's how we messed up. But my thing is what sport has had perfect officiating? You look yeah. at the NFL, a blatant mispass interference call probably prevented the Saints from winning the Super Bowl. Well, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. It win. did. I think most people would acknowledge that. I mean, you could have said like three years ago uh, a, a call on LeBron could have stop Draymond Green from hitting hitting him in, in private parts and we probably never got KD to the Warriors if that was the result like you can always come back and say like this referee play or this non-call did something but when have we ever had perfect refereeing like this is we've never it's a had part it. of the game it's exactly it's a part of the game and you have to do everything to make sure that one bad call is not going to torpedo your chances for a championship and if that does happen that's on you dude I mean you no. should have played better only way we can make this perfect is if we have robots and (laughs) you take the human element out of referees and you make it a robot okay so we've had this conversation on the podcast before and you went with the robot uh (laughs) theory and i said no rules just let people go out there do whatever (laughs) they want whoever wins wins that's way you can't complain but if it's a robot that's not a bad idea (laughs) to be honest if it's a robot and it's think about it if you gave a robot a strike zone, you can't argue with that. Yeah, but even robots like malfunction every and they now would and then. super make mistakes when it comes to a strike zone. I didn't. You just reboot it, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hit the hit, turn it off and on again. Just reboot it before every <laughs> inning. But like, I rather I rather live with a computer making a mistake because mm-hmm. it's not like he made a mistake because he doesn't like me. 
a computer is not supposed to have feelings. I <laughs> embrace the human element of it because all humans do is make mistakes and it's part, you know, we just have to forgive people for that. But also to me, refereeing, because this is the woke pod- podcast, it's just about structural inequality built into everything. <laughs> like that's all it is. It's it's about how the refs view the game, how they think it's supposed to work. How and they choose sides. How they choose mm-hmm. sides, exactly. All right, we're moving on from this. Uh, since we're on the 76ers, do you want to get into that? I got beef of the week. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got a personal beef within the office, okay? One of my good friends, Ramon, has sent me 30 images, videos of the game winning shot. And I, and I just want to say, when your team loses in the playoffs, I don't think as friends, as coworkers, you need to keep reminding them that your team lost in a heartbreaking fashion. Just be like, bro, I'm sorry it happened. Let's move on. His team didn't even go to the playoffs. So, like, why is he laughing in the first place? <laughs> That's mean. Wait, it's, who's his team? His team is the Lakers. Oh. I think that there is a statute of limitations for when you should be allowed to, like, rub salt in a wound. And that heartbreaking bounce into the bucket in over oh. Was it overtime or a no, buzzer it, beater? It would have been overtime. It would have been, yeah. yeah, the buzzer beater. That would have... Like, yeah, that's too painful to bring up. That's kind of like rubbing it in somebody's face when, yeah. like, somebody dies. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I died that's, Yeah, it's, just, it's like next level me. It is. It's not funny. Ramon, man, back off, dude. That's my guy. But. <laughs> next up, Zion to the Pelicans. So, before the draft, I was one of those people saying, oh, they're going to give it to one of the big market teams, L.A., not L.A., but New York would get him, and he would be paired up or blah, blah. But I'm so happy that he's going to New Orleans because now, like, everything – the NBA offseason about, is about to be chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's added that he's not going to a major market because now where's AD going to go? Right. Who's going to trade one of their top four – top five picks for him? Right. And I'm just so – I'm just so excited for – What's about to happen? What is it? June first when free agency hits because mm-hmm. the draft June thirtieth. June thirtieth. Yeah. Like we don't have to worry about the draft anymore. All right, that that's out the way. We know where he's going. Right. There's uh, a little bit of speculation, like all these uh, scenarios where he potentially could decline going to New Orleans and cause a lot of drama. But none of that is actually very realistic. He's not good. Yes, there is the possibility that he could go back to Duke, but that's never going to happen. That's not probable. There's, you know, he could pull a diva move and say that he doesn't want to play in New Orleans, but that's also not a possibility. And didn't his stepdad say that they were okay with, with New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. he yeah. came out on a radio station and said yeah. that, like, you know, he's he's happy, he's right. excited. It's funny that he's like, yeah, Zion's ready to go to New Orleans. <laughs> and nobody's going to say, like, well, he hasn't got picked yet because we all know he's going to be the number one pick. Right, well, right. There's no one. And and I feel like that's changed the conversation going into the draft this year and about, you know, the, the lottery and everything else is that more so this year than in past years, it's so blatantly obvious who the number one pick is mm-hmm. that it's just it is a foregone conclusion that he's going to New Orleans because they're not going to pass on him. Right. Uh, like uh, you'd be stupid. I think the last time we knew like somebody was going to get drafted this early was probably Anthony Davis, who is on the Pelicans right now. <laughs> and now he's out because I don't think he's he's definitely not staying. I don't think any veteran wants to be 
the second or third guy to a rookie because he's right. going to be the attention guy for that team. Oh, of course. Even But even if it means that you get a much better chance of going to a championship? Not with Zion. I think they're going to be in a rebuild mode where they're going to have a lot right, of Right, but he's going to be a cornerstone of that rebuild. Yes, but it I, it takes time. Obviously, like, it's going to take time. But you're saying that you're saying that uh, Anthony Davis is going to be unhappy not being the center of attention on that team or like the star player on that team. Yeah, I think the I think everything is going to be like, what is Zion doing? And it could it could come across as like, yo, I'm here. Like, y'all ain't going to ask me questions because somebody made a great point. Like, what star who's in their prime is going to want to be asked, oh, how Zion's doing at practice? Sorry, I know that. But, okay, first of all, that's ridiculous because uh, I would hope that they're not that thin-skinned. You got egos. I know, but what about Steph and KD? That worked out really well. Because yeah, it but it's Steph. different. One's not a rookie. Why is it's a- an ego thing? Like I'm on. I agree with you on this. That I think that's ridiculous. But I, think I, I think you're dynamic. not one. I think you're not giving players enough credit. Two, that's unbelievably selfish to not be able to answer questions on how your new superstar's teammate is doing. But also, it worked with KD and Steph. But you have Steph as somebody who's like has grown up and has been the underdog and overachieved. So he put his ego aside to let KD come in and kind of take the spotlight. But you see, like LeBron and Kyrie. They had trouble meshing with each other because, like, Kyrie wanted to be the face. Right. Whereas LeBron was kind of like, I'm trying to be the big brother to you, but, like, I can't help it that I'm the best player in the world. Right, but I think that that's still a lot of speculation as to players not being able to handle Zion's talent. Also, to be fair, Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans long before we knew that yeah. the Pelicans yeah. had the number one <clears throat> pick. Like, this— that that so might wouldn't be the be, case, exactly. but like he wanted out a long time ago, right. not just because Zion is almost super definitely likely to go to New Orleans. Yeah, no, I I think that as a part of it, this could be one of the things that's like, okay, I'm definitely not needed here now. Mm-hmm. Zion's got it. I need to move on with my life. And we're gonna but. rebuild the team around this guy, and so your other franchise player can go start right some start new somewhere else. Exactly. I think that makes a lot more sense. Uh, is that it for the sports talk? I ask because I want to know if it's time to move on to not sports, but whatever. I mean, Steve is not here to bring up some type <laughs> of case between the NFL players. So, um, yeah, we. I have... want to hear about not sports, but whatever. All right, our not sports, but whatever segment uh, also dovetails into worst fans of the week. There are so many fans who are unhappy with this season of Game of Thrones that they started an online petition to get HBO to remake season eight. That's like, outrageous. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's the most petty fanboy move to think that HBO <laughs> cares at all what you think. They don't care that you do not like it. They just care that they got all your time and money for eight years. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Right. You already paid for your streaming service. What? I, not everybody's paying for HBO. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. <laughs> well, not even that, but the time and attention devoted yeah. to it, right? Oh, yeah. Versus like the $10 a month that you spend on it. But it, it is just like smacks of entitlement for people to think that creators owe them anything. Like you can disagree with it. You can say that you didn't like it. You can, as I have done, write multiple essays about <laughs> why something doesn't work for you. But you cannot request that the network remake season eight. Give me a break. Yeah, because... I- I mean, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but from what I understand, it, it, it came from a book. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. That's but how like, far back we're going. Oh, okay. But like, uh, I, what I don't know what season it was, but it's like, all right, at this point, we're not coming from mm-hmm. the book anymore. We got to make up stuff, and you, some people, he's just, not writing books fast enough, right? Like, no. wasn't that a complaint from fans too? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into George R. R. Martin because that dude has had <laughs> plenty of time to write these books. I don't know what he's doing. Well, my thing is, you just have people who don't care after a while because they're yeah. like, you know what? If I make it this way, this group is going to complain. If I do it the way I'm doing it now, you already have these people complaining. So I think sometimes once you have a show that's so good, it's hard to end it because yeah, people just don't want it to end. Yeah, and I think Ted, which I'm I'm going to say I didn't read it, but the headline was that there was no way to make Game of like there was no way for this season to end in a way that was going to please everybody, which is fair. Yeah. And you're They're, not going to please everybody regardless yeah. of what you do and what you attempt. But like also, there are so many really good TV shows out there that didn't have great finales, that didn't have great mm-hmm. last seasons, that quit way later than they should have. Does it ruin the good stuff? For Like, I don't watch Game of Thrones either, so I don't know. But, like, yes. I will say that a bad finale can ruin an entire franchise. So. Okay. And yeah. even a bad... 100%. Do you have one in mind? Yes. I will in a second, but finish what you're saying. I would say even, like, if the... You would never want the last season to be the bad season. You would rather be early on. One of my favorite mm-hmm. TV shows, The Wire, their season two is not that good to me. A lot of people hate it, but they recovered with season three mm. to season four. And I found that people don't even like season five, which is weird. But th- Yeah, and the thing is, though, that if you end it, because it's, the end is so final that that's what you're stuck with. There's right. no way to go back from that. To, uh, the end of a franchise that I hated the most that drives me insane to this day, and it killed the entire franchise for me, was the way the Hunger Games franchise ended. Oh, God. Oh, uh, Hunger Games. It's, it's bad. It's bad. The, the f- it's so bad. <laughs> I Wait, hate, the movies? Yes. yes. Mm. Look, I hate the fact, I hate when <laughs> they do, well, the last, the last movie has to be split into two, and when you don't have enough content to make two good movies... Make it into one. Yeah. Stop and, being so greedy. God, I hated her and Peter. Yes. I, I, I was like, Peter is the worst. Peter is the absolute worst. He's a whiner. He yes. just like mopes all the time. He does not contribute anything. And he brought her down. <laughs> he brings her down. She was so weak at the end. I was like, yo, this is not the person I fell in love yes! with the first two movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that Evan and I finally agree on something because it just, the end of that franchise just kills all of her character development because she's like, I'm just going to like stay at home and be a mom and hang with Peta. I'm like, what? At the end, I was like, I was like, she literally is a sit-home mom now. Yes! Like, what? she was the face of a revolution. Yes! Well, okay, and that's actually, I feel, have the same opinion, but differently. I thought that that in general, like maybe not directly tied to being like a nice homekeeper person, but I thought it was so anticlimactic. Like, you just had three movies building up yeah. to a fourth about her leading a revolution. Yeah. And your battle scene was what? She gets blown away by an explosion and lands on her back. And then yeah. the next thing we know, it's oh, like. And I'm, everything's over. Right. And she's fine. And like, oh, it just, it, it like so quickly ended. And then you're like, wait, what? So, yeah, I absolutely understand how a bad ending can ruin a franchise. Um, no. I have not made up my mind about. Endgame yet? Whether that has not ruined it for me, because um, I don't think it's that bad. Endgame ended it. I, here's the thing with those type of movies: Endgame wasn't the end to the actual MCU. Yeah, it was the end to the first line of characters. Right. So my my biggest thing is Endgame. 
I don't I'm I don't feel like connected with the next group of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like this new Spider Man movie, I'm like. I, I, I could watch it later. I could watch it when it's on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I'm connected to it because I, I like that character, but I agree with you. I think that uh, since this is like an ever-evolving thing with the MCU and Marvel, then Endgame is not as definitive as some of these other ones. Um, but yes, however Game of Thrones ends on Sunday night, I predict that there's going to be a huge level of outrage, which is totally fine. But if you were dumb enough to sign this petition... You're a terrible fan. You're a terrible, terrible fan. Now I think I want the I want the last episode to be bad. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be, did you see the tweet that they said that the uh the the writer said that like we're gonna be far away and as drunk as we can? Like, yeah, my sister told me that, yeah. I want it to be so bad that the Monday traffic for like <laughs> I don't watch it. I look for memes. Yeah. I just go and look at my timeline and be yes. like so, oh, this person died? And I, I asked my girlfriend to watch I'd be like, so who is this person? I, yeah, no, I agree with that. I look for the outrage level to yes. see what people are angry about on Sunday night and Monday morning. Yes. Yes. Well, and also, I mean, again, don't watch, but, like, it sounds like there's a billion different characters. Right. And you've killed off half the cast throughout however many seasons there have been and all that. So, theoretically, there are some people, sort of like sports, who are rooting for one character to win the throne and there's mm-hmm. other people rooting for a different character so like however it ends unless you literally literally kill everybody right you're going to have at least one group of people who are going to be disappointed because their character didn't win to wrap up this game of thrones things my my final thought on this is that the only person that i'm rooting for in all of this is Charles Curtis, <laughs> who has been dealt a heavy, heavy hand this week when the Knicks did not get Zion. So I hope Game of Thrones at least pans out in his favor and he is happy with how it ends. I love the meme going around like the Duke athlete New York fans wanted. The Duke athlete <laughs> they got. Daniel Jones. Go ahead, Charles. You got your quarterback for the future. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you, Michelle, for filling in and being a good sport. Happy to be back anytime. (laughs) (laughs) So rude. We'll see you guys later. Hunger Games suck. (laughs)